It could well trigger a new era for our national game. The Gaelic Players Association met formally for the first time in Belfast last night. Players probably feel it's time that maybe some of their ideas were heard. The Breakaway Gaelic Players Association and the GAA hierarchy seem set on a collision course tonight. And the official recognition agreement between the GAA and GPA uh, provides for um, joint commercial ventures. The player development programme that's in place is something that's vital to the well-being of our players. You do your utmost to, to serve the members and uh, that excites me a whole bunch. Every day, you know, we're working with players. They're the centre of everything that we do. You're very welcome to the first Players Voice of 2021. I'm Kieran McSweeney, Head of Communications at the Gaelic Players Association, and I'm joined as always on the Players Voice by my co-host, Leash Footballer Colm Begley. Colm, good to be back on the Players Voice, um, and look, good reason why we haven't had one so far in 2021. It was a very busy January um, here in the GPA. Yeah, we'll start. We'll start. We'll start out here off with some excuses, but it, it was it was a very good uh, good start to the year for us in some way. Very busy. Had some wonderful programs on the rookie camp for the third year in a row, and obviously due to COVID online, but very successful. I think we had over three hundred participants on that, um, and some really good follow on engagement too in regards to getting involved in coaching and different programs, which is great to see. Um, transition program kicked off too there at the end of end of the month, um, helping some players with the transition from retiring from the game and. The next step in their life and their and their personal life and their career. So that's wonderful to have players on board with that again. Um, Madden program still ongoing and being very successful. We had the Tim Gather workshop too, Kieran, which was kind of looking to try and engage the sports science uh, practitioners, SNC managers, players with uh, Tim Gabbard, who's world renowned um, high performance specialist uh, or expert. He was giving some expertise, advice on load management and and, and helping maybe look at when we do return to football or hurling. Uh, whenever it happens, which is unfortunately maybe a bit of delay now, but how to best prepare your, your players and your and your team going forward um, to, to get into the season in good health and, and injury-free. So that was very useful. And then today, um, what we're talking about, Next Gen Leaders, which we launched for the first time. So our first our first launch of it and our first group involved and very exciting program, I think, which is going to bring really positive impact both for the people involved and for us in the association. So a huge, hugely busy month and a lot of great things going on. So, Colin, we're going to be focusing on Next Gen Leaders, a project that you're heavily involved in um, on the podcast for this episode. But you might just explain to us what exactly Next Gen Leaders actually is. Yeah, so Next Gen Leaders, um, it's a developmental platform, really. It, it, it's kind of a program we put in place to bring together WGPA and GPA members um, and connect them, I suppose, with people and resources that will hopefully bring about some change within the association and within the game. Um, we want to try and bring passionate young players together. Uh, we've brought six GPA and six WGPA, and we have two chairs, Ross and Fiona, who will speak to later on. And the idea is that we'll have them engage in putting together some proposals and projects that will look at representation, welfare, development, and equality as well, which is another important pillar we're going to look at going forward. Um, the concept really is not only do we get benefits from their ideas and input here, but we'll also allow them to, to learn from each other develop themselves in their careers, in their education, in their personal lives. And in the grand scheme of things, we'll hope to have some enhanced leaders at the end of the year term 
who will bring some great ideas to, to fruition or even bring ideas towards the, the staff to, to continue doing or the board, but also maybe some potential further leaders down the line so that it may stay involved in the GPA in some other way as a rep, um, as an engagement officer or on the committees we have in place. So really it's, um, it's two, a double-edged sword and that we hopefully get a lot from them and they get a lot from us in, in developing their own selves. Well, look, I look, really look forward to hearing more about it um, when we're talking to Ross Munley and Fiona McHale, the chairperson and, and vice chairperson of Next Gen Leaders, and we'll be talking to them very shortly indeed. The Gaelic Players Association, representing the interests of all intercounty players, protecting their welfare on and off the pitch and supporting their development as people. And now we're delighted to welcome our two guests today on the on the podcast. We have Fiona McHale and Ross Mulney. Uh, Ross is the chair of the Next Gen Leaders and Fiona McHale is vice chair. Guys, you're very, very welcome and thanks for taking the time to come and join us. Thank you, Callum. Guys, we wanted to bring you on here. We've been talking, I suppose, in the intro. We've had a lot of great programs up and running over January and Next Gen Leader obviously is is the first rendition of it and the first time we've looked at it. Um, a very exciting program. And we'd love to hear some of your thoughts on, I suppose, the reasons you got involved and some of the stuff you're looking forward to engaging the players with. Ross, can I start with you? Um, we, we were delighted to have you on as chair. Can I just ask you maybe what, what uh, linked you to this or what kind of a, enticed you to come and join the Next Gen Leaders or, or be part of it? Yeah, a couple of things. Thanks, Colin. Probably one you strong arming me to do it as a fellow teammate. That was that was probably first and foremost. Um, when I thought I might be able to refuse you, then I, I was left looking at Paul Flynn coming at me. So, uh, no, listen, it is um, the, the GPA has been existing in existence for a long time, and um, certainly as a player, uh, I have benefited greatly when you look at the advancement of uh, i guess um the entitlements to players and um the recuperation of of expenses and and so on and and, and making sure that uh, that everything has been in place to allow players to focus on getting the absolute best out of themselves and and small things and and they are only small things like having um very, very, very uh, humble allowances towards your your weekly shop, uh, providing opportunities for for players to um, get assistance with their with their careers, or maybe with uh, mental health, or um, beginning their leadership journeys and so on. So, uh, for me, once once I was asked and and, and I learned about the program, I'm delighted to help out. And uh, I think um, as I progress through my career, it's uh, it's always nice to think how I'm going to give back and, and give to the generations coming through. And this is the perfect program for me because I really enjoy working with young people. Um, but it's also putting young people in a position to have their say and to shape the to shape the future of the of the Gaelic Players Association and the WGPA as well. So um, it, it ticks all the boxes for me. Brilliant. I'm delighted to have you on board. And look, I apologise about all those 100 emails I sent you and, and <laughs> sneaky call in that account. It was following um, me in the car, was a bit more. Of a, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fiona, we, we, we also strong armed you as well, but I think um, similar enough question what, what kind of enticed you to get on board with this, with this program and what are you looking forward to it? Yeah, probably one of the big things really is that it's a really exciting time for the WGPA in particular and the GPA in that we've joined forces in the in the past few months. And it's one of the first major initiatives that both groups are 
are working together I suppose in, in, a, in a very visible way um, I know the GP and WGP have been working in tandem for years but since since the, the merger this is the first major project and it's really really exciting to have the 12 players working together Camogie Ladies Football Gaelic Football um, so I'm really excited even like I, I probably didn't overly know what to expect from the group that we got in and they've been fantastic so far and it, it just reaffirms why I got involved and it's 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 they've only met up majorly like twice now at this stage and already there's some massive ideas there and just a lot of energy within the group and as, as Ross says it's that young voice as well you know we have we have obviously have the NEC and we have um we have all the committee members there but a lot of the time you, you don't get that younger voice and it's always encouraged as well when you're getting reps on board but now this is it's a concrete committee um in place with with that younger voice there yeah, I would agree. And it is, it's great to have the combination of the male and female, even though we've had a lot of programs that have already, <clears throat> I suppose, brought together WGPA and GPA with, with numerous numerous different areas. It's good to have a young kind of engagement now at this time when, when the merger has happened and, and to hear voices from both sides. And you can see that there's the ideas they're coming up with are looking at both the male and female game as a collective, which is really important for us. Absolutely. Um, and I, I, I do feel that, I suppose, over the years, you know, unless you're you're close with a with a female player, a lot of guys don't realise the struggles that us as females have gone through playing our sport and trying to get the best possible opportunities to be at your best. So to be actually working um, officially as a group, I think that's really going to help. And I think having the guys there, they're our allies now, and having them there as a support and fighting for all the one thing, fighting for equality. And I know we, you, we have our three pillars around representation, development and welfare, but there's also a strong, I, I suppose, while equality is across all pillars, it's kind of a strong now pillar as well around what the guys are trying to do as part of their strategy going forward. So, yeah, no, it's it's super to have them all working together towards towards the one thing. And while, like... Every, every player that's there will have different experiences within their own within their own setups, regardless of whether it's hurling football or camogie. Um, to have to have those shared conversations and shared experiences, well, I think it's really important for them to learn from each other and work together on that. Ross, as um, someone who unfortunately drifted into middle age there back in December, when um, it, 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 when I deal with um, young intercounty players. It always strikes me about how inadequate I must have been when I was young because they're so confident. They bring so much to the table. It's not how how I say how I was when I was uh, at their age. Even in the couple of meetings that the Next Gen Leaders um, program has had to date, can you see that energy, that enthusiasm that that these uh, these young leaders are bringing to the table? Yeah, it's very obvious. Uh, to be fair to. To, when when we look through the the applications and the people that are on the program, um, it's amazing to see the undergrad and postgraduate qualifications that our participants already have. Like it's re it's really 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 impressive, and I think that's part of I guess modern day. And you've you've got to thank the educational system and uh, universities and ITs and, and and all the setups whereby. Uh, Intercounty players, there, there's a huge onus on them to achieve their education in tandem 
with uh, their intercounty careers. And we're really, really, really seeing the benefit of that. Um, when you get all the players together and you, you see them, you see them working together, like we've got physiotherapists, we've got teachers, we've got engineers. There's such a, a broad variety of backgrounds within the participants themselves. And, and that for them, we we try to explain to them as well that the stuff that they're going to be doing as part of the next gen program, that's very transferable into their professional careers because ultimately what they're trying to do with us is help us with regarding regarding the development uh, and future proof in the GPA strategy. And if they can do that successfully and come up with ideas and initiatives that will be adopted, they're transferable skills for when you're sitting in, in an interview with a large multinational company and you're looking to go to the next level on your career and somebody asks you, give me an example where you really impacted the development of, of strategy on a large scale. And, and it's, it's opportunities like that that present itself uh, as part of the Next Gen programme that are really exciting for, for the participants. And uh, that's the part that's that I'm really looking forward to, seeing how they divide into their, their groups and they start collaborating. And ultimately, the end goal will be some very, very, very innovative additions for the GPA and the WGPA. And Fiona, I suppose the, the, the Next Gen Leaders is a, is a platform for these voices of um, these young players to be heard thinking back through your own career and um and when you come onto an intercounty panel and you're just starting to establish yourself i'm i'm sure it can be difficult to um have your voice heard um uh given that there are probably so many different strong personalities within a a group within a squad etc so this is a platform that that I suppose blocks that or takes away that obstacle as well in terms of um allowing people to have the confidence to 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 share their 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 voice um, in the in that regard, yeah, absolutely. And as Ross mentioned, there all the transferable skills that you know they're being given the opportunity now, both across from their work situations or college situations across to the, the this next gen project, but also the opposite way as well. So, I I do think like I'm astonished really at like the the caliber of the leader already that's within that group, and and while they're doing this program to develop their leadership skills further they have a massive amount of leadership qualities already um, through the work that they do, as Ross mentioned, all the different areas of work that they're in already. Um, I, I think, I don't know, is it, is it looking back myself? I don't feel I ever had those kind of qualities at that age. And I, I think, yeah, as Ross said, it's testament to, to education as well. But also now that we, like the WGPA is only in existence since 2014 or 15. So, and I know GPA is a lot longer, but players are recognizing now that they have that voice and they have that platform there. And I think a lot of the players that are in this program now have seen other players and, and they're following in their footsteps. And they've seen now that I've been in this setup for a few years, like the players that are they're involved in this pro project, they've been at least most of them have been in their squads for four or five years. So they've seen leaders ahead of them you know, representing them. And now they feel, well, it's my time now to step up. And they recognize that there's a platform there for them now to step into that. And I think it's really important. And it's so good to see that people are standing up and saying, you know, the onus is on me now to represent my peers um, the way other people have done so for me. 
Um, if you understand that as well, yeah. one, one thing that's I think, an important thing to mention as well, and, and it's really exciting in that sense, we, we open this up, we have, we have 12 members on this um, 6GPA, 6WGPA, um, but we had 85 people um, apply for this program, um, which, which made it very difficult for us to, to, to run through because there was some absolutely fantastic applications sent in, but it does show that there's a desire there, and it's been mentioned before, but the youth we have now involved in the county, both male and female, that they're very driven. Um, COVID as well, we mentioned before, and, you know, even though it's been difficult, a lot of people has maybe got people to look at their lives outside of their sport a bit more as well, and we're finding that a bit more with players at all ages, but the younger players seem to be very keen to get involved, and, and that's hugely important for us um, as an association, but also for them, because... Ross, you mentioned it before to to a talk that you gave to a team, I think each team, but that qualifications are fantastic. But you know, a lot of businesses and companies and, and workplaces are looking for skills, really transferable skills. And I think the ability that this group's going to have to learn from each other um, throughout this yearly process will be a massive benefit. And I think a lot of our programs that we do aim to do that, aim to engage players with other players because there's a lot of experience you can learn from. Um, I'm sure the players will learn from Fiona and Ross an awful amount. And hopefully some of our special guests will have in and speakers will have in then as well. So um, I just think it's very exciting to see people, young people eager to get involved and hopefully just continue to grow over the next few years as well. And, and Ross, a question off the back of that, of what Colm has just said there. So there has been a couple of meetings, but in, in terms of the practical steps and the meetings and, and how it will progress, could you outline what uh, what that will involve for, for this group of young leaders and, and kind of timelines in terms of when they will, well, I suppose, outputs from their work, etc. Yeah, sure. The, so the as a group, they'll meet a couple of times a year, and obviously Fiona and I and and Colm and Ian and Gemma from the from the organisation who are doing all of the admin work behind this, and 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 a huge volume of of effort that has gone into that. We'll meet probably four times per year as a collective group with everybody together. And then outside of that, the outside of that, the participants will work together in their own kind of subgroups. On, uh, and it'll be very akin to project work uh, that you might do, as we said, thinking of transferable skills again, uh, that projects that people are involved in, maybe in college or as they would be in a professional context in their careers, where they can start bringing uh, more detail to their to their ideas and start, start developing the concepts to a stage where by the end of the year, uh, we'll be in a position where uh, the participants can present these back to the to the wider group uh, and the board within the GPA and, and see what's the potential for adopting a number of these ideas. So that's the exciting bit uh, as, as chair and vice chair, Fiona and I have, have, have decided that we'll keep uh, checking in with the participants uh, throughout the year as well. And that's kind of a, a two-way learning process because we may be able to pass on some of our experience to to the participants. Uh, you know, uh, like Fiona's in the middle of doing her, her PhD at the moment. So uh, any of us would learn from, from somebody who's going through, through that process. But we'll also learn from the players. Um, as younger players, we, we'll learn bits as maybe more seasoned athletes as to 
maybe some of the things that they're doing that that can maybe bring us on but we'll also get a really good insight into uh, how they're going about their business uh, as a group and we'll be there to steer them in in any way that we can but as i said that will more likely be a two-way learning opportunity because i always think um one of the best things about uh, being in a dressing room and being involved with young people is that you learn so much because um, their life at maybe 20, 25 is totally different to what my life was at 20 and 25. And, and that's a really, really, really big positive um, in terms of being a part of the, the program for me. I'd also say one thing there on Colin mentioned about the, the applications. For me, when you see the people who are selected, this really is kind of, a full circle the members going on a kind of a full circle trajectory with the gpa because so many of the participants have already been involved and benefited from some of the maybe cv sessions career development uh, leadership programs that the gpa have already ran and this is them also giving back to the organization so i think it's it's brilliant that we're already seeing uh, people who've who've come through a number of programs that the the GPA and the WGPA have already offered, and now they're having an opportunity to give back as well. Oh, that's great! Um, look, I, I am obviously uh, a big news in GEA circles coming through um, there over the last twenty four hours in terms of no GEA activity until after Easter at the earliest. Fiona, I know you did a, a, an interview there with Midwest Radio going back a little bit where you talked about you would potentially be open to go back onto the Mayo panel. With these delays of the season in terms of when you can see games coming down along the line, does that inf- have an, an effect or an influence on uh, on whether you would um, whether you would be open to it or, or does all of the uncertainty make it an easier decision maybe to step away from it or, or where's your heads- where are you in terms of your headspace as regards that? Well, if anything, it probably helps me because it gives me a little bit more time to prepare. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 just the way it is, isn't it? I think like I think if last year players weren't considered elite, I don't think there would be as much debate in the last twenty four hours as there is around all of this because at the end of the day, you know, players and and uh, and clubs and counties we recognize that the most important thing is is people's health and so if if players can't get back in the pitch until well after easter well so be it i i suppose it's just really around the uncertainty of the whole thing because you had a situation where a lot of teams are back quite a while now because they were anticipating to be back possibly by March or, or possibly earlier before everything happened at Christmas time. So players have been in that headspace of, well, I'm preparing now for this month. And, you know, they, they had their targets and that kind of thing. And obviously SMCs and coaches would have been would have been trying to guide them on that, which is quite difficult to do that um, from a home setting. But everyone was very innovative or innovative around what they were actually doing. And now to be told, you know, it's going to be pushed out. And there's a possibility now that, everything's going to be completely rejigged again. And you're looking at probably a situation where you're going to be playing the the count, the count All-Ireland Championship, probably the similar to what happened this year, late autumn, early, early winter again. So it's just more the uncertainty of it. You'd have to feel as well for clubs and have to feel for mainly kids as well. And, and they really need to be meeting up with their friends and getting out as well. But um, really, at the end of the day, it's all, it's all about health and people will just accept it. Yeah. 
fair. And Ross, from your own perspective, I, I'm sorry, Ross, I don't know if you had made a decision whether you were going to stick around and play and hang around with Colin Begley for another year or not and, and the leash dressing room, but like, does does the decision over the course of the last 24 hours have an impact on your thinking on that as that regard? No, not at all. I think, um, how could you turn down an opportunity to hang around with Begs a little bit more often than, than you can do? So, no, listen, it, we have to follow the government advice. The government have made a decision um, it's clear now we're not going to be back for a while. But I think every inter-county player in the country has been working hard individually over the last number of months. Uh, certainly, I've enjoyed that. I've, I've really enjoyed, uh, Just I think Fiona mentioned there, that SNC coaches have, have been working hard with players, just trying to point out to them how they can do their exercise and where they can do it, and that's permitted and safe and so on. So uh, we've got a fantastic... Uh, SNC coach in leash Tom Hargroves and uh, he he makes it very easy to understand uh, what times we should be doing you know in our running and if we're if people have gyms at home and so on that you make the best of, of what you have and so I really enjoyed that opportunity I think it is it has really allowed me to kind of refresh and um, get a lot of training done in my own headspace and um, I'm really enjoying that and when the time is right We'll be back playing football and the most important thing at the moment is that people stay safe and we continue to behave in a way that will will make sure that uh, our loved ones and, and so on stay safe as well. So when the time is right, we'll, we'll be back. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And um, when that decision is made, uh, we're going to have brilliant GA championships once again this year. I think one of the, the, the things that myself, yourself, myself and yourself, Ross, have in common is that the, the, the lockdown and all of that has meant that you've got to spend less time with Colin Begley in a dressing room and, <laughs> and, and I've, I've got to spend less time with Colin Begley in, a, in, a, in an office setting as well. So here, here. Devastating for you guys. Well, look, um, Ross and Fiona, thank you very much both for your time um, on the Players Voice uh, for this episode. Really appreciate it and the very best of luck um, as regards next gen leaders and, and thanks for taking part in us. Look, it's, it's always um, important to have, I suppose, new voices involved and new people involved um, and it's it's great that they'll be able to be nurtured and, and take advantage of and bounce stuff off of the two of yourselves as well over the course of the of the program so thanks very much for that perspective as well thanks thank you. thank thanks, you thanks fair play the Gaelic Players Association representing the interests of all intercounty players protecting their welfare on and off the pitch and supporting their development as people well, great to hear from both Ross and Fiona there. And we'll be hearing from Ray and Ellen and Quiva McGrath, two of the participants in Next Gen Leaders in the second part of the Players' Voice. Um, come back to us for that. But in the meantime, we're going to hear from some of the experts from UPMC Sports Medicine. UPMC is the official healthcare partner of the Gaelic Players Association, as well as the GEA, and recently opened its first sports medicine clinic at WIT Arena near Waterford. Today, um, Tyke Crowley will be talking to us about the area of concussion. Hi, Ty Crowley is my name. I'm a GP in Kilkenny. I have a special interest in sports medicine. I'm also very interested in concussion and I work with UPMC as a Southeastern consultant on their concussion program. I'm going to talk to you today about a few facts and a few myths surrounding concussion. The first myth I want to talk about in relation to concussion is loss of consciousness. Most people think for a concussion to happen, you have to have a loss of consciousness where actually the opposite is true. Most concussions don't involve the loss of consciousness. The second myth I'd like to talk today about 
is the use of rest. The old adage of going into a dark room and sleeping off the concussion is not the thing to do. In fact, that will make your concussion worse. It's more important to remain active during your concussion treatment. A fact about concussion that I think is really important is that the player mustn't hide the concussion. The temptation to hide for the player is overwhelming because they want to play. But a couple of things you need to realize. Firstly, if you have a concussion, you will not be the same player. You won't be able to play to the same level of your ability. Secondly, in relation to your work and your family life, you won't be the same person. So the quicker the concussion is diagnosed, the quicker it can be sorted and the quicker you can get back to playing and a normal working life. And thanks to those messages from UPMC. So we're delighted to be um, joined by two players, current members of Next Gen Leaders, uh, Quiva McGrath from Waterford and um, Ray Canellan from Westmead. Guys, thanks so much for coming on and giving your time. Um, look, I'm, I'm obviously involved in the programme at the moment and I've spoken to you in meetings before this, but we're really happy to get you on and maybe get some thoughts from a player's point of view about what you're excited about for the programme and what you hope to achieve from it. So we'll get straight into it. Quiva, if you don't mind me asking you, um, can, I ask, can I ask what was the reason you got involved in the first place and what attracted you to the programme initially? Yeah, uh, thanks for having me on, lads. Um, so just... I suppose from the get-go of when I saw it online, it just really piqued my interest. It was something that I wanted to get involved in. Uh, I suppose I've seen all the like work that the GPA and the WGPA have done in the past few years and the impact that it's had. And I kind of wanted to be involved in that and to be able to have a positive impact, I suppose, I suppose in initiatives off the pitch. Um, as well as that, I suppose it was a thing of like, I feel like I've gotten so much from the WGPA uh, between, we'll say, personal development coaching or um, rookie camps, mindfulness courses, career guidance and scholarships and things like that. So it was something that I suppose I really just wanted to be able to give back from that point of view as well. Yeah, brilliant. And Ray, similar to you, same question. Yeah, again, um, thanks for having me on. Um, I suppose just uh, from a personal point of view, it was to have kind of some off-field development this year. Um with the way this year has gone and there has been no no games and with 2020 obviously with no no real kind of continuity in games it was just nice to have something to um to I suppose develop personally off the field and keep you kind of busy um and then aside from that um you kind of always want to leave the game in a better place than than where you got it so to be able to be involved in initiatives that are going to help youngsters um coming into the game and hopefully make make their playing careers a little bit kind of easier and a little bit um more streamlined um that's obviously it it's it's a good kind of outlook to to have and 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 to try and um I suppose yeah just leave the game in, in a better place for the for the youngsters that are coming behind you yeah and you kind of both mentioned kind of aspirations personally as opposed to the by yourselves which we which you hope obviously the program will provide in, in a few different ways and but um is there any kind of key aspirations then for the group you want to achieve throughout the year or throughout your term there uh, yeah, I suppose um, with a few of the projects that have been kind of brought forward by by guys and by a few of the girls that like if we can work on them um, and if they if they become successful, it's obviously going to, as I said, leave leave the game kind of better in a better position than where we found it. And um, I suppose the the goal then is to to hopefully develop something that's going to um, have a long-term and lasting effect that in you know in 20 years time we can look back and be like 
oh like Jesus that was something that that we did like we can we can be proud of that and and we can see I suppose the the benefits of it um I suppose in years to come. Creva, I'd be interested to ask you around. Look, obviously the the WGPA and the GPA um, came together as one combined players association back in December. Um, yeah, and I think one of the key aspects of that is that that the male players and the male game need to find out more about the the female game in terms of the difficulties you face, the opportunities that are there, and similarly, female players need to learn more about the male players because we look, we know what happens on the pitch, but. What, what, what the obstacles, the challenges, the opportunities that are there are. I think one of the things that stands out for me at Next Gen Leaders, it's a great way for young players, both male and female, to, um, to, to put ideas out there together and to learn about the other, the other code um, and, and, and the, challenge that, the challenges that are faced. And in the long term, that can only be good for an integrated GPA. Yeah, most definitely. I know myself when I um when I heard of the the merger um back back a few months ago, I, I was very excited about it. Um I suppose equality is so topical at the moment. Um and definitely from being on the calls with the lads and things, like it's it's evident that although they're aware of the the inequalities, they're not really aware of the the explicits within that as such um they mightn't have heard of different things that were happening or different standards that are different uh, that are varied between the men and the women uh, another interesting thing though as well i suppose is we would have found that through conversation the less successful counties in the men's code are often um at a similar disadvantage to ourselves so i suppose just from that point of view we'd be looking at it that like even if we could have a small impact that down the line it would have a positive effect on players coming forward and equality, like from an equality point of view and everything. Um, because like I said, there's a lot of work that has gone into it so far. So now I suppose it's an opportunity for us to push it on for the youth players coming forward. Uh, Ray, I, I don't want to sound as if this is uh, preaching in any way, shape or form, yeah. but like, but, uh, but uh, there, there is that element as well of if, if um, players aren't willing to to speak up for themselves, and, and and young players, it can be difficult for young players sometimes to speak up. But this is giving a forum for, um, as say, young, young leaders and the, the next gen leaders to, to to have that forum to to put their ideas out there and and as you say, put a bit of shape on things. And sometimes um, getting that opportunity or that platform to put those ideas out there can be difficult. So this this I suppose helps in that perspective. Yeah, absolutely. I think. Um... I mean, our, our game is good, but I mean, it's not great and there's plenty of room for improvement. And I think oftentimes uh, the player's voice isn't heard until maybe the player is out of the game and retired and they're in a position where they feel that they can speak up about about issues that they face. Because I think oftentimes when you're still playing and you're an active player, it can be quite hard to um, bring issues forward to either the GPA, the county board or the GA, because I suppose you're you almost feel that you're you're biting the hand that feeds you in a way because you're still involved as a player as an active player so yeah definitely for um for us it it, it kind of shows that as as players this is where we need to be active like when we're still i suppose kind of relevant and we're still playing that this is where we need to be proactive in in i suppose changing and um influencing um issues and uh, problems that players have um that are currently playing and it's it, it, I just from what you're saying as well. It, it's awfully exciting to hear young players coming in too as well. And 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 Kieran, obviously, me and you work in the office together. And we we have often ideas coming from different different angles. But 
in our meetings, hearing young players talk about different ideas that are looking at longer term and, and, and making, I suppose, impactful changes for players, it's really beneficial to have both male and female players on that firstly, but also to hear their thoughts on it because the game has evolved so much over the last number of years. It's still evolving. The environment's evolving as well. So I think um, that's one thing I'm very excited about to see younger players come through and look at the issues that are being faced and see what can they do and what ideas can be put in place to develop the game, but also develop the association. So is there anything um, maybe you're very excited about for this year in, in particular, or is there an area you kind of want to focus on yourself? Um, I suppose, no, I, I know when I was looking at all the projects that we had lined up, um, I was actually quite excited about all of them. And I thought a lot of them really did link in um, to that like player welfare, player development um, type focus as such. Uh, the equality one would be one that I'd be interested in as well to see if we could push that on another level, um, as well as getting youth players involved, like you just mentioned there yourself. I think it's so important because I know that like the impact that the that the involvement that I've had has had on me as a person and a player has been huge. So I'd love to actually be able to encourage more young players to get involved and to really focus, I suppose, on that personal development on the pitch, but also off the pitch, more importantly. Um, I did personal development coaching with the WGPA there. It was the year before last. And I know we're doing it now as well at the moment, and we're just kind of taking it on that next level, which is great because I think the more you know about yourself the more you kind of want to get to know if that makes sense yes and Ray you made the point too about even though it's a, a difficult year for players and for everyone um, with the COVID situation it has actually probably given um, people an opportunity to maybe sit back and go well how can I develop more so off the field or what can I do now in this time that I have back when we're not fully training or having con- continuous games I think that's something we kind of recognise and should be encouraged more for players yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think like when you look at um, when you look at like fo- footballers, oftentimes when they finish um, playing, um, and whether it be an amateur sport or professional sport, there's often gaps and there's a a bit of a, a vacant area in their life where they've got a lot of time to fill and um, their life isn't as structured as it was. So um, this year, probably one of the positives that's come out of the last twelve months is just the fact that uh, uh, players have started to recognise that they do need to develop. Uh, their skills and um, they need they need to develop their their off off the field stuff as well. So it's certainly something that that triggered with me, and I've noticed it with a lot of other a lot of other um, county players where they've they started just taking up courses. They've do, been doing online courses, something that they might have had a, a faint interest in. They've said, you know what, I'll give this a go now. Uh, I've got the time. I'm not training as much. So it's certainly it's certainly something that's that's come to the fore in the last twelve months that um, a lot of county footballers are realising. That they do, um, they do have the time now to, I suppose, uh, develop their their personal lives off the field uh, as much as on the field. And Ray, can I ask you? Do you think it's something that's being looked at as a group? Um, like, do you think maybe managers are directing it, or even leaders in the team are actually encouraging players to do it as a as a team? Or I know we've had a discussion even in Leash about trying to get more players involved, and has been very much supported by the management, saying that we'll try and engage guys in different areas. You know, when we can train as much, obviously. Has that been something you've recognised as well in your team, or, or even from other players you've spoken to? Yeah, certainly, um, certainly has, but not not necessarily in a formal sense where it's yeah. it's a it's a kind of acknowledged effort where lads have been like, right, we need to develop now off the field. It's more of a thing that yeah. the conversations have just started. Where you know, the, I know, like just from speaking to our manager Jack Cooney, he's kind of asking like, how are things going? And because the only thing to talk about is off field stuff, the conversation develops then naturally, and then. I've noticed with talking to a few of the other players um, from from numerous counties, um, 
everyone seems to just be kind of tipping away and doing something else, whether it be kind of a bit of entrepreneurship in, in, ter- in terms of setting up a, a, a small business or, or kind of a, a business plan and building, building a model that they may have had ideas about over the last few years and now they're just getting the time to do it. Um, so I've certainly noticed that in the last kind of 12 months, there's been a, an increase in, in conversations around all-field development, which is, which is a massively positive thing. Ray, if I could st- stick with yourself there, and, and you mentioned it there, look, obviously the, the conversations have to revolve around what's happening off the pitch a lot of the time because there hasn't been that um, that continuity of games and training that you would have been would have been used to. I suppose. Yeah. Um, obviously with the, the, the recent news coming through that there's now no um, GA activity until after Easter at the earliest, how are you? Like, Because obviously a, a, a big part of your identity is involved with um, being... Uh, uh, involved in Gaelic games and being an intercounty player, it's not the only part of your identity. But how how are you finding the whole pandemic? But uh, but the knock on from the pandemic of being in lockdown and not having the outlet of sport on a continuous basis that you've probably been used to all your life. Yeah, I suppose initially it was actually a little bit refreshing for maybe the first few months of the lockdown um, in 2020. Um, I'd kind of come from playing a lot of sport at such a high level for just kind of, I suppose, year on year on year. Um, so to have a few months where you actually were basically told, like, you know, you're, you're not playing was was a little bit refreshing in a way because you could kind of just live, uh, I suppose, a little bit um, with more normality um, to what you'd be used to. I suppose at this stage now, it's it's probably, as with everyone, with the weather being a little bit worse, it's, um, it's a bit more of a struggle. Uh, you're finding less reasons to, to train. You're... you're making more excuses in terms of, oh, what's the point in doing this gym session? I don't have anything now for another few months. So motivation levels um, do drop quite a bit. So I've, I found I found that quite tough. But um, I've kind of just tried to, I suppose, give myself a bit more purpose by, um, you know, I set my alarm every morning for quarter to eight. So I, I try and get up around, you know, quarter past eight-ish and that like kind of it makes your day a little bit more productive. I have my college work that I'm trying to focus on. So I'm giving that more attention. I... Obviously, I've signed up to do this next generation leaders uh, with the GPA, which is obviously going to give me another kind of little goal to, to to reach throughout the year. And I've started doing a bit of charity work, which is um, which is I suppose giving me another another thing to do during the day. So these are all kind of little things that I've used to kind of I suppose keep myself distracted almost from the lack of sport. Um, but having said that, they don't really um, they don't really substitute for for not being able to go out and play. Um, I think at this stage now, I, I would I would really like to to be able to get back playing, but I suppose it is what it is, and and you just have to you just have to try and keep yourself as occupied as possible with with other tasks. So that that's kind of one way that I've I've tried to work my way around it is just by preoccupying myself with with other tasks and other goals. I lo- I love that where you say you set the cl- arm clock for a quarter to eight and you get up at about quarter past. Yeah, eight. yeah. Yeah, exactly. We've all, been, we've all been guilty of that. What's the, what's the, do you want to mention the, the charity work that you are involved in, Ray? Uh, yeah, she said, love to. Because um, I'm actually, I'm sitting here kind of shivering at the minute. It's, um, it's up, it's a freezebury campaign is what it's called. So the idea behind it is for the whole month of February, you um, immerse yourself in open water. So either in a lake or in the sea. Um, and the time you spend in the water corresponds with the date. So today being the 11th, I was in the water for 11 minutes. Um, so you have to be you have to be in up as far as your chest, your upper chest, and you have to go underwater at least once. 
So um, yeah, I literally I just I just came up out of the water before I jumped on here. So apologies if my voice is a little bit uh, a little bit shaky because uh, I'm sitting here I'm sitting here with a dry robe still on me trying to trying to warm up. So um, yeah, no, it's for it's for the whole month of February. So obviously by the end of it, I'm going to be in for the goods of half an hour. So um, I did I did it last year and it was a, it was a leap year last year. So that was a bit of a, a kick in the teeth. But uh, <laughs> no, it's um it's, it's it's for a worthy cause. I'm trying to raise money for for Pieta House, which um, mental health charities are a pretty big um a pretty big part of my life so um obviously if if the more the more kind of dimensions it gets and the more it's talked about the better sure certainly well fair, fair play to you and, and Quiva, the same question yourself just how how are you in um d- during this whole like i'm not I, it's just such a, an uncertain uncertain period of time yeah now i'd be the same myself as ray really in relation to we'll say um Last year, the initial lockdown, quite refreshing at the start to get the break, um, especially if you've kind of been going from club to county to college setups with the last few years. But it's probably come to the stage now where you're just itching to get back. Um, even last night's announcement there, I had in my head that we'd be back around March. And then last night's announcement saying that we wouldn't be, it would be um, Easter at a minimum. Uh, kind of I suppose it was a bit of a blow and you're kind of it's, it's hard sometimes then to like I was aiming all my training towards March and like getting back on the field for March and like Ray said there like trying to keep the motivation now knowing that it's going to be probably two months before you get back um, but I suppose it's a thing of taking it day by day in relation to the training and then week by week I've actually set kind of like personal uh, targets and goals for myself from a fitness point of view which really helps uh just to keep on track and then everything all the the input from the snc um in the waterford setup as well is brilliant just to keep involved we have um pod kind of group chats so like you log your sessions with the girls just to kind of keep the 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 enthusiasm going and everything and just to like i suppose a little bit of competition there as well because i suppose by nature we're quite com- competitive um cohort of players like from you know when you're on the pitch yeah. you'd be you'd be itching to get to to beat this girl or to get up in front of this girl today or what who who was I suppose like who's usually ahead of you that you want to beat um so it's a good way I suppose there with the pods just to kind of keep that competitive element in it as well and I suppose that keeps that little bit of um connection as well because the, I suppose you guys are used to um training playing with a group of teammates, yes, but friends as well. Um, that has been taken away to a greater or lesser extent, and keeping that connection, I suppose, is usually important from that perspective as well. Yes, massively. Um, and then even like I would find that like the Zoom calls that you might have and everything, it's great to be able to see the girls. Uh, I know myself now between college and everything, like I mightn't leave the house for a few days between like getting up, doing your training, doing the college work. Um, and it's only you'd only be going into town, we'll say, if you have to get something. Whereas usually when you're training, you're not here any night of the week. You're gone most nights of the week between the jigs and the reels. Um, so it's it's you definitely would notice that from, I suppose, the interpersonal point of view of, of things as well and the camaraderie. Yeah. Well, if, if I can make one recommendation to you, Quiva, just to pass an hour and a half of your time in the evening. Uh, married at first sight Australian <laughs> outstanding television well worth well, 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 well. very good yeah I haven't I wouldn't actually be um, I wouldn't be 
big on the television side of things, really. Um, I think I suppose Netflix really has, has taken over, hasn't it? <laughs> mm. My my father has been telling us for the last five years that there's nothing on that TV. <laughs> trying to get him into the Netflix, and it's COVID now. He's he's there on the iPad on the Netflix at night. So <laughs> I might recommend that one to him, though. <laughs> fair play, fair play. Boys, um, listen, thanks very much for coming on. Look, it was great to have you on board. And look, I, I'm very excited about the Next Gen Leaders uh, as an OER as well. I think it's going to be a great start to a programme that will bring not only a huge impact on, on the game itself and the association, but for people who are involved, both the members and even our chair and vice chair who we spoke to earlier on as well. So uh, thanks for giving your time, guys. Um, we will talk again soon, I'm sure. Good luck over the next while. Stay safe and stay in touch with each other. And uh, we'll talk again in the coming weeks. Nice one. Cheers, Karen. Cheers, Bikes. Thanks, guys. Thanks a for having us. The Gaelic Players Association, representing the interests of all intercounty players, protecting their welfare on and off the pitch, and supporting their development as people. Cullum, obviously, look, you're heavily involved in Next Gen Leaders. Um, great to get the perspective of two of the players who are participating, and also the perspective of two um, well established players in Ross and Fiona. Um, and great to have them on board to guide the process and to um, let the younger players coming through benefit from their experience. Yeah, look, the, the idea kind of Kieran, behind this is, is just to give, I suppose, passionate young players a platform to, one, develop themselves and two, to maybe give back to the association. And you can hear from, from Ray and, and Quiva, they're very excited about it, they're eager. We have a massive talent pool uh, of young adults, female and male, who have unbelievable skills and and, and I suppose, ambition. So this is kind of the starting point of, of engaging them more. And let's be honest about one, for, for selfishly for the benefit of the association, because we see huge value they can provide to us going forward. And two of them for development themselves, the peer-to-peer learning, and this will be huge. And you mentioned Ross and, and Fiona, like the experience they'll provide in both, I suppose, guiding them, mentoring, uh, and also even just the experience they've had over the years of their career will be invaluable to these players. So I'm, like we've had everyone's a lot of people involved in this. Ian Reeves is in the office and Jenny as well, who are engaging this Jenna Begley too from WGPA. They've heavily involved in getting putting this together and it's, it's very much a team effort. So we're very excited to see where it goes and, and, and seeing it further develop like other programs develop each year. So um looking forward to see what happens and comes out with this and you know, I think it'll be a great opportunity for people uh, down the line as well. And look, I think one of the things that stands out for me in his, his regards as we talked about, the GPA and WGPA came together as one organisation um, there back in December. But it's on an ongoing basis, male and female players have been coming together on different programmes and different projects and um, exchanging ideas and driving things forward for the benefit of their fellow players. That's been going on for quite some time and particularly over the course of the last 18 months. And that's where supposed where the, the real integration happens, where, where, where players are dealing with their fellow players across um, all codes, both male and female. So it's great from that perspective as well. Good to have um, us back up and running as regards the players' voice for 2021 column. Hopefully over the course of this year, we will have more on-field matters to talk about as well than we had over the course of 2020 and hopefully a little bit more sustained and a bit and a bit um, more, as you say, clarity and certainty around what that will look like in 2021. But um, good, to have, good to have you back um, on board. Um, thanks for your input and, and you, you've taken up a lot of the running in terms of getting this episode of The Player's Voice um, out there. So thanks for that um, and look forward to talking to you next time around. Always a pleasure, Karen. Always a pleasure. Talk to you again soon.